0: Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo!
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about that? You're pole in the front room.
0: Episode 32. Today, Christopher Deering grills Mike on several different questions about fantasy baseball. He gets his opinion, moves on to the next question, and that's it. This is a no-holes-barred, straight-to-the-point episode. So settle in as Christopher Deering and Michael Gauvier talk fantasy baseball. Take it away, boys!
1: everybody, welcome to the Pauzzle Podcast, the Baseball Fantasy Podcast, breaking down Major League Baseball, Fantasy World, and the realm of people talking about stuff related to baseball. Maybe playing it, talking about it, sleeping and dreaming about it. It's all exciting! A <laughs> lot of good action going on here, folks. Uh, I'm Michael Govier, and of course, Chris Jardier is with me. What's up, Chris? What's going on, man? Not too much, man. Yeah, yeah. Busy day for you? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. This is, I'm done with fantasy baseball. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean this Mets it's, COVID thing is just like,
0: oh yeah, that's yeah that's devastating. That just broke in the last hour, and uh, yeah, that ruins just, everything for you.
1: If you have Mets on your team, then you're screwed because some of those guys are really good. You can't just drop them.
0: Yeah, this is the first time it's actually going to hit me because I have Mets, I have Yankees, and the Yankees are supposed to play the Mets this weekend. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit my minimum innings pitched in a couple of my leagues, so it looks kind of, kind of dire going into the weekend. So that yeah, sucks.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the contingencies weren't put into place by people that I do baseball with. These fantasy commissioners, they're just like, oh, oh hey, that's just how it goes. And then you're playing for money. <laughs> and it's so it really bothers me because it's a complete disadvantage yeah it's just not fair it's not a fair system at all and all i ask is for this this isn't life this is gambling and this is um competition there needs to be a fair aspect of play at least and that's all you can ask for and i don't think that's the case so you know it just really bothers me a lot it's very disappointing and I mean, what am I supposed to do? There's nothing. There's not enough room. They're not going to go on the COVID IL because they're not. There's only two guys that have COVID on the team here <laughs> so far. There's a player and a coach, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard so far.
1: The rest of the guys are just doing. You know, they're just they're PPD. just there. Yeah,
0: they're just there. Just PPDS. Yeah, postpones.
1: Yeah, yeah, well that sucks.
0: No. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, it's it's finally hit you. <laughs> well it's it it sucks because i was you know talking with somebody earlier today about this and his team has been hit horribly and i'm just like you know this is why we shouldn't have been playing for money in any of our leagues because we knew this was going to happen maybe not as widespread as it's become because i think this is what the the fourth or fifth team now
1: yeah that's what i said in my home league and i i made that strong point way before the season started about a month before it would finally happen i said hey you know let's just Let's just do like 25 bucks or something. I mean, keep it real minimal because this is just a ridiculous seven weeks of madness. And no, no, no. What do you mean? And, you know, it's a head to head league. And then they kept it exactly head to head. And they shrunk the playoff format from six to four. So it makes even more people not interested. Ooh. They reduced. They did reduce the rate from 150 to 75 dollars. Okay. Still a fair amount of money. And it's like, this is
0: stupid. We actually expanded the playoffs in both of the main uh, leagues that I'm in. We're just like, it's such That's a wacky year. Let's just expand. We expand to eight in both of our leagues.
1: That's what they did in real baseball, even. They expanded <laughs> the playoffs because it's such a short season. They want to keep everyone interested. Yeah. So, meanwhile, the people in my own league, the commissioner's like, well, we're going to shrink it to four. <laughs> it's, and there's 14 teams in that league. So, at wow. this point, everybody, I don't know why anybody would have any interest right now. There's only, like, <laughs> six teams that could have an interest now. It's Yeah really just annoying i just think it's poorly run and i got a problem with it how many
0: how many pickups do you get a week
1: well you get unlimited it's a a season long total so okay so you can do a lot of pickups that's true but the rosters are small like you don't you only have like three or four bench spots at most yeah i i'm really torn about like leaving this league because (laughs) no i really am because i well if nothing changes I've There's won no, it. Like, I've won it twice, and like the more we get involved in like fantasy analysis here, and I, I see how other leagues are run, and it becomes a league that isn't really representative of how like the rest of fantasy baseball is played. It's like an absurdly, it's just like crazy ass trades with no sense whatsoever about player analysis, and then it starts to totally mess up my, my uh, view. When I'm like doing <laughs> fantasy shows like this, or we're doing the morning relay, or whatever I'm doing over at Roto Fanatic, and I'm talking about fantasy baseball, I'm like, "Well, yeah, well, this is going on over my league." They're like, "What the hell are you talking about?"
0: <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, wow, this is really like distorting my view of the fantasy world." Well, you know? and this is this is a Dynasty Keeper League. You've been doing it how many years now? Five, six years? Six years, yeah. Oh boy, um, it, oh, retire uh, on top.
1: I, I won twice and. I you know I did I definitely conquered that place but I think maybe I think maybe it's time it might be time to move on because I want to I just want to be in leagues that are uh, well run that's all you can ask for just organizational and they make sense and they are open minded too to like hey we got to try new things and we got to expand and you know like saves plus holds I mean we still don't even do holds it's just saves and uh, I would love to see a I love the saves plus hold I also like the stolen bases net total I'm kind of getting into that now, too. What Stolen bases
0: net total. That's interesting. That's a new concept. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, yeah, I think your frustration is that your league has become dull and it hasn't changed with the times, especially now that you've gone deeper into fantasy analysis. And it's just, it's become dull. You need to be able to change with the times changing. And yeah. uh I feel like a couple of my leagues each year, we kind of vote on some new things to come up with. And, you know, people are being progressive. Well, you know <laughs> Don't get me started with that one. That I, I've been trying to get out of that league forever, but I can't because it's my high school buddies. Yeah, well, well, yeah, at least we expanded to. Well, I mean, this year we're doing four divisions of four, and we expanded to. You only play within your division. You play everyone in your division twice. We expanded to eight playoff teams, so that was that seemed pretty progressive. That is pretty progressive, huh? but we only get five pickups a week, and with COVID, it's been a disaster for so many people.
1: See, as a commissioner, you have the opportunity to change things on the fly. It's this is not major league baseball. People take <laughs> people who are run fantasy leagues are like, oh, it's set in stone, and we have to get no. an owners meeting together in the offseason. It's so it's so tight and like obtuse. Just like you know, hey, you can do whatever you want. This is fucking fantasy. The yeah, you want to make in it.
0: You want to make it as fun as possible for everybody. And if you're still going with kind of the boring shit, and if your people are complaining about the same stuff every year, and you're not making changes, then the league is going to get dull and dry out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a game. <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: That's what it is. And I know that it's just a game in the end. So, so the other, you know, the other argument would be like, "Hey, Mike, well, you're taking it too seriously." I'm like, "Well, when I'm putting money in, it does make it yes. serious. So, yes. that's the only thing that makes it a little more difficult." And I understand, you know, my It's a seven-week run. Usually, we have nineteen weeks, so people can blow off seven weeks and still get a season going. Baseball is a long haul game, 162 slog, and there's a lot of teams that have spurts, but that's why 162 games is great because in the end, the best comes to the top because you got to be the best over the long haul to be the most elite player or the best team or make the playoffs in reality. So, anyways, that's what's going on with me. This is Plazo Podcast, uh, Protonmail.com, Plazo Pod, two Ls, two Zs, and then Twitter, Plazo Podcast, of course. Um, We're going to be doing another pod with Rob, Deadpool Hitter podcast and Rob DiPietro and we're going to be doing that shortly so this will be a little bit of a shorter show uh Deary yeah what are we talking here he's got some questions we're gonna we're just gonna have a little open discussion about these questions
0: yeah I got some questions first I want to talk about Casey Mize because he made his debut last night uh mm-hmm. I thought he looked pretty damn good I think the difference between what we saw from Tarek Skubel the night before is I think Mize's control is 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 really, really good. It's something that he displayed in college. It's something he displayed in the minor leagues last year. And it seemed like everything that he missed off the plate seemed to be with a purpose. They weren't too far off the plate. He was looking to get guys to chase or get some soft contact. So I I think that was really that, – that's something he did really well. He placed the ball really well. And also that split finger is just already a major league – like devastating pitch uh so i thought he looked pretty good made a couple mistakes but i mean to go out and pitch four and a third and strike out seven guys i thought it was pretty impressive what do you think mike
1: oh yeah you can tell that as long as he stays healthy he's an ace he's got a super duper repertoire of all (laughs) many four pitches and he can throw them anywhere anytime and he didn't walk anybody right zero walks no walks yeah that's 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 really impressive all right, that's the thing. I mean, sure, he gave up runs and hits, but that's what happens. This is the White Sox lineup, too. It's very tough. As Spencer Turnbull found out today, now he's totally crashing back
0: to reality. I guess <laughs> That was a I really tough series for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I really thought... I still think Turnbull is one of their best pitchers. He's just having a bad stretch here. It just happens. Maybe he's inconsistent. That'll be one of his problems. But Myers looks amazing. He definitely will be an ace-barring injury. He's the number one overall pick for a reason. Scoobble, you know was too jacked up, and he doesn't have the same command that Mize does. And he also doesn't have some of the pitches that Mize has. You know, he's relying on a fastball, and he's relying on a breaking ball pretty much. So that was – the Scoogle start was disappointing. I was really excited about that one. I was a little less excited about Mize for some reason, but I was excited to see him.
0: But he delivered much better. So, yeah, yeah, I think Mize- Scoogle just tried to throw it by people, and that's not going to work at the major league level.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot to learn, and – you know, Myers will they Myers win a couple more innings, but they didn't have much of a varied pitch count because he was just more efficient with his pitches, even though yeah. he struck out a lot more guys. So it was really, really impressive to see. Plus, Dane Dunning's looks good too. He he, he got looked sent really back, good
0: last night. Yeah,
1: yeah, he got sent back down immediately, so he's gone. But um, keep an eye on him, and if you have him in dynasty, then you know you should be happy about that because I think he's going to be around for a while.
0: All right, well, that kind of rolls into my first question. Uh, you know, Casey Mize came up last night. Uh, Sixto Sanchez has been called up. He's going to make a, a start. Spencer Howard's made a couple starts, hasn't looked too good. And also Tristan McKenzie for the Indians is going to make a start this Saturday. So between those four, Mize, Sixto, Spencer Howard, and Tristan McKenzie, who's the guy that you would focus in on on a dynasty? Would it be Mize?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, Sixto... There was a lot of concern about Sixto being healthy. Um, I think he's a little bit smaller of a frame guy, so people were saying that might be a negative for Sixto Sanchez. But yeah, he's
0: barely six foot.
1: But, you know, I mean, the the Marlins are really great with their – they do a lot with their starting pitching, and they maximize it quite well. So I actually think – even though Spencer Howard will probably be more reliable, I don't think Howard will be as flashy as maybe Myers or Sanchez will. And uh, I frankly just don't know as, as much about Tristan McKenzie. He's the one I know the least about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be interesting to see him. He's I think going to go on Saturday, so uh, we'll we'll see if the Indians can bolster up their pitching staff that has already looked really really good. So,
1: so I guess that means if they're bringing him up, they're not. They're probably going to trade Clevenger, yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, they're they're completely out on those guys.
1: Yeah, I I'd, I'd be really concerned if you own Clevenger. I would have tried to move him already. So. Right. I did that uh, in that home league. I was happy about that at least.
0: Yeah. Another guy you said you moved a few weeks ago, uh, Francisco Lindor. So Francisco Lindor, Cody Bellinger, and Javi Baez are all kind of off to super slow starts here as we're in the fourth fifth week of baseball here. Bellinger's come around a little bit. Out of these three, Lindor, Bellinger, and Baez, who do you think's gonna break out? And are any of them droppable in a redraft league right now?
1: Oh, no way. Yeah, you can't drop them. I don't so. I mean, Lindor is not going to have the stolen bases anymore. I think Bellinger, Bellinger's been okay. You know, he hasn't been amazing, but he's he's going to break out sooner or later, and it's a great lineup. But I am most concerned about Lindor. And then uh, who's the third guy? Javi Baez. Oh, Javi Baez, yeah. Well, there's a lot of Cubs that are struggling. Even though they have a winning record, it seems like they're doing well as a team. They're not playing that great, I don't believe. I think there's a real issue with... Um, they're, they're, they try to be play, the patient, except Baez. He's not very patient. But the rest of the team has <laughs> tried to be too patient, maybe. And Ian Haps, the only guy performing. Chris Bryant's hurt. But Javi Baez is a guy that I really never drafted at all. I just, I don't like, I didn't like him at shortstop when there were so many other options I thought were better. But I, I did go for Lindor. And I think the fact that he's at third in the lineup is completely taking the stolen bases away. And that completely yeah. ruins his value.
0: Yeah, and that's a absolutely. major problem. I don't see how that's going to come back. Do you? No, I mean, he's he's batting third. The The Indians have been awful this year. They they're 13th in the American League or 14th in the American League and runs scored. Uh, they've been saved by the fact that their pitching staff has been incredible. But I don't know when this power surge is going to happen for Cleveland, if it, if it does happen at all. I mean, right now, I think after watching the, the White Sox the last week and a half, I think uh, they've definitely taken a leap over the Indians. And it's uh, the twins and White Sox. They're going to battle for that division. Well, Bellinger's walked a lot less too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a noticeably reduced
1: percentage—14% to 8%. Now it's a shorter sample, but uh, he needs to be a little more patient. It seems like maybe he's being a little too aggressive. And but this is the MVP we're talking about here, so I wouldn't—I wouldn't worry about Bellinger at all. I would have to have—I don't have any cause for concern with Bellinger, except for the fact that he's swinging more stuff outside of the zone right now. But that could just all be temporary. He's pressing. He's a defending MVP, right? So he's got a lot to prove, and he's only 25 years old. Lindor, I I traded. Like I said, I'm happy <laughs> to have done. And Baez, I'm I just not interested in Baez at all.
0: All right, next question. Uh, these three guys have all had an incredible last week, week and a half. I picked up two of them, and they've been absolute superstars. So... Between Jesse Winker, Randall Gritchick, and Brandon Lau, which one of these three do you think will continue through the rest of the season to be a real fantasy aspect? Well, Lau is the guy that might be the best of the three.
1: Uh, I really like Lau a lot. He's actually getting a little bit better against left-handed pitching, which is a huge problem for him before. But if Jesse Winker gets the playing time, he might be the most consistent of the three. I think that's that's pretty obvious to me. I don't know. That, that's a tough call. I, I think Lau might have to cool down a little bit because he's been on a roll. Who's the other guy? Randall Gritchik. Oh, Gritchik, Yeah, that's why I ignored him <laughs> because it's Gritchick. Gritchick always goes on the runs, man. He yep. has these runs, and he's going to give you all these home runs for a while, but he he's reduced he's, the strikeout rate a little bit, which is promising, but I would have to see a long, sustained change from him to believe that this is anything other than what he does. He goes on these home run binges. He hit 30 bombs last year, but he hit like 240 or less, so He's not going to hit for an average ever. And he's not a guy who walks a lot either. So he's not a great OBP guy. So in the end, he's just a home run guy. And if there's plenty of home runs that go around, then you don't need to be sacrificing any great players or decent players for Gritchick. I'd probably rather. Lau and Winker definitely are above Gritchick. And I think maybe full season, the whole season plays out. I think Winker might be a little bit more consistent in the end.
0: Okay. Excellent. All right. Let's head on over to the bullpen. Uh, Craig Kimbrell has actually looked really good in his last three appearances. Uh, He's struck out two to three in each inning that he's been in, uh, has not given up a run in his last three appearances. Are you buying back in on Craig Kimbrell, and do you see him becoming the closer again anytime soon? (laughs) Well, he struck out three in the save he got yesterday, so that was
1: exciting. And... I don't know. I would tread lightly, man. I mean, I'd like Rowan Wick still. Rowan Wick's been solid. There's no reason to take him out of the mm-hmm. job yet. Mm-hmm. I know they paid Kimberl a lot of money, right? So mm-hmm. that's a problem. But uh, it's nice to see that he actually got the job done. And I feel good. For, I feel I'm happy for him because okay. I don't want to see anybody struggle as mightily as he has. And you're right. He hasn't given up an earned run in his last three appearances, and he's struck out at least two in each of those three innings. So that's promising. That's very promising. We'll see how, if he could continue to do that, show us a little bit more consistency, then he might be the guy who takes the job back. But I still believe Roan Wick's solid, and I would hang on to Wick at all leagues
0: for now. All right. Uh, Let's head on over to Kansas City. So Trevor Rosenthal has six saves for the Kansas City Royals right now. Is Trevor Rosenthal dependable? Is he someone that you could... Maybe throw a trade out and grab him as you, as one of your closers. Can this continue? And on the flip side, will he possibly get traded?
1: Yeah, I think someone's going to get traded in Kansas City for sure. Uh, if it's not him, then Ian Kennedy will go. And if Ian Kennedy leaves, then he'll stay. I think Rosenthal has been a really, really huge surprise. I thought his career was pretty much finished, but he has shown flashes of being quite good. And I actually... Kansas City's got a, a lot of guys. They got uh, Stomont in the bullpen. He's mm-hmm. been on fire. Uh, S-T-A-U-M-O-N-T. And I I think he's the guy who could end up being the closer possibly if they ship out a couple of the veterans like Rosenthal and Kennedy. And Scott Barlow's been pretty good too. So there's a lot of options in that Kansas City bullpen. And Rosenthal, Mike Matheny's old school. So Rosenthal could switch around and and could change at any given moment. I, I, don't, I wouldn't be too confident... The rest of the season on rosenthal with the trade deadlines on the 30th i
0: believe yeah so the end of the be month. 10 days away
1: yeah so I, I guess you gotta ride rosenthal for 10 more days and if he stays with kansas city then you know he'll probably be the closer for the rest of the season unless he mm-hmm. blows it, he's got an 18.29 k9 right now it's really dumb that's really dumb he was on the tigers last year do you know this no, see exactly. <laughs> I thought
0: he was dead or something. I thought he was like spare parts on a garbage. Team. You know, he's still only twenty nine years old. Really? Yeah, it seems kind of odd to me. He really had that uh, great few seasons there in in uh, St. Louis where he was absolutely lights out, and then he just kind of fell by the wayside because of injury for a few years, and now he's back.
1: Oh, by the way, I just stoned out. I said he had an eighteen point two nine K nine. I was looking at Stomont's stats now. Uh, Josh Stomont is amazing. Eighteen. He's, that's
0: an insane K for nine. He's pitched ten innings so uh yeah I believe uh Rosenthal's is over 10 right now I think it's at that's sitting at 11 so that's still pretty decent
1: yeah it's solid but Stelmont's been like really dominant and if he gets the keys to the kingdom that'd be good news his his ERA is 0.87 FIPs 266 so it's pretty he's been pitching well it's not a fluke
0: yeah I was offered uh Rosenthal for Chad Green today so i you know, saves holds uh caper nine and Chad green is like the 15th ranked uh, fantasy player in this league because his caper nine is at 14. He has mm-hmm. like five holds. Uh, you know, I think he's given up one run on the season. So this, <laughs> this trade was sent out to me and I text my buddy and I'm like, well, let's, both these you know the Yankees game have already started let's let's kind of wait till this game is over you know see see kind of what happens I don't want him to get hurt you know as I trade him to you so <laughs> the whole thing happens with the Mets and I text them back I'm like well the Yankees aren't going to be playing this weekend Are you, Do you still want Chad Green <laughs> he's like oh Aww. shit I gotta think about this whoops so So another guy I'm going to bring up uh, from those fighting Orioles. uh, This guy's had a really, really nice season. He's got nine home runs, 25 RBIs, batting 299. Anthony Santander, is this real? Anthony Santander. I learned how to say that the other day, actually.
1: Santander. Santander. So he's really good, and I don't know if he's this good, but he certainly is someone that people said could be a 30-home run guy. He showed potential and flashes. There's been a few guys on the Orioles that were like, oh, these guys could maybe offer something more, like him and Hanser there, Alberto. There's a big difference between both of their profiles. But Santander, he's had three multi-homer games already this <laughs> season. That's insane. He hit 20 home runs last year and only 400 plate appearances, 93 mm-hmm. games. So he struck out not terribly a lot. He struck out 21% last year. He's brought that down to 11 which is a huge,
0: oh, that helps, yeah. huge drop.
1: And I don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, there's a point where this has got to change. But right now, man, this is a guy who's in an MVP conversation. So the Orioles will fall <laughs> apart. They've already <laughs> lost like four or five in a row. So they're they're going to fade away. But Santander is a guy that you can ride out until he finally... He's going to go cold. He's going to go cold eventually. Mm-hmm. But enjoy it while it lasts. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, no, he could be a building block for them for real. So I think that's... I. I think it's someone that in Dynasty you definitely want to keep around and hang on to. And maybe if you feel like you can get someone better than him long-term in Dynasty, I would make that trade and maximize his value now.
0: Gotcha. All right, last question for you. Going into next year, will Fernando Tatis Jr. be the number one pick in most formats next year?
1: Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's where we are right now. It seems like, yeah, he's dominating and Acuna is on the I.L. So he looks like a loser to everybody right now. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that just yet. Mike Trout is still amazing. And Yelich uh, has really struggled. But Acuna, if he comes back from the I.L. And he starts tearing it up and remind everybody why they loved him in the first place is the number one guy in Roto. And uh, he'll definitely be close. He'll be top three. It's very possible he could be number one, but I wouldn't. There's going to be a point here where he's going to
0: chill out eventually. Maybe, like. maybe maybe not. I mean, there's not too many weeks left. Uh, are, are you nervous about Acuna? I have Acuna in a couple, of ye- couple leagues. Uh, obviously, the wrist injury is something to be very concerned about. Uh, they're saying he might not be back until September here. Um, mm-hmm. Would you try to trade him away if you could? Do you, Is there any value there? What, what do you think you could get?
1: Yeah, I... I've put him on the bench. I thought about trading him when he went on the IL officially because I got mad, but I decided to let cooler heads prevail. And I said, no, no, no. Let's just chill. This guy's amazing. He's a lot of fun to watch. He gives you everything you want. And he's only 22 years old. So let's just pause. I would not trade Acuna unless you try to get some massive haul, unless you're trying to win now and you really feel like giving him up and getting like four pieces for him that are rock solid will help you, then. I would just say no. Let's just
0: chill. Yeah, I've I've, I've chilled on him as well. Chill out with Rob Lacudia. Okay, all right, that's well, all got, I got we, for you today, Mike. Well, great. We got to go. We got to go uh,
1: <laughs> to Rob DiPietro's podcast, the Deadpool Hitter podcast. Uh, this has been the Hey, it's the Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. And of course, don't forget, baseball's fun in the end. Don't forget that. It's a positive message to go on all right, uh, we'll catch you later. We're out of here.
0: The new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit Radio Beats B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with
1: promo code DEAL.